Chapter Seven of The Mentor Two. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Kate Fallis. The Mentor Two by Various. Chapter Seven Photography by Paul L. Anderson. The Mentor, 1918, .08.01, number 160. Photography, August 1st, 1918, serial number 160, by Paul L. Anderson, Department of Fine Arts. Photography. A Daguerreotype, 1. Louis-Jacques Mondeguerre, born 1789, died 1851, was a great French scene painter who experimented for many years trying to find some way of rendering permanent the image projected by a lens. J. Nisiphore Niebs was engaged in the same research, and from 1829 until the death of Niebs in 1833, the two worked together but it was not until some years after the latter date that Daguerre discovered the process that bears his name. This process may be briefly described as follows. A highly polished and perfectly clean silver plate is rendered sensitive to light by the formation of a deposit of silver iodide on the surface, this being accomplished by exposing the plate, of course in the dark, for some minutes to the vapour of iodine when the plate has assumed a uniform golden-brown colour it is placed in the camera and the exposure is made the light projected by the lens causing a chemical change to take place in the silver iodide the image thus obtained is very weak and in order to strengthen it the plate is exposed for some minutes to the vapour of mercury it is subsequently fixed or rendered permanent by bathing with a solution of sodium thiosulfate ordinarily known to photographers as hypo this dissolves the silver compounds that were not affected by light in some cases the picture is still further strengthened by treating it with chloride of gold this not only increases the vigor of the image, but at the same time improves its stability, so that it is less likely to fade as the result of atmospheric action or exposure to light. The effect of the chloride of gold is literally to gold-plate the image. As the surface of the completed daguerreotype is very sensitive to any mechanical action, it must be protected by glass." a mere touch of the finger leaves an irremediable scratch the daguerreotype was at one time very popular for portraiture but the process has certain drawbacks that have caused it to be superseded by improved methods among these drawbacks are the following the exposures required are rather long it is impossible to make duplicates a separate exposure must be made for each picture the picture must be held at a certain angle to make it visible, and the process is rather expensive and laborious to work. Nevertheless, exquisite effects may be obtained in daguerreotype. 
the writer has seen pictures of this kind which for sheer beauty yield to none of the modern printing mediums the decadence of the daguerreotype is to be regretted for at least one reason the man who elected to work in that medium was necessarily at least a craftsman whereas at the present time many photographers are neither artists nor craftsmen but merely mechanics of only fair skill photography has been brought to such a state of perfection that good technical results may be obtained by persons that work by rote and know absolutely nothing of the principles underlying the craft this lack of training and enthusiasm for the work must evidently be reflected in the results obtained. There are few forms of portraiture art that equal in beauty choice early examples of daguerreotype photography. They have the exquisite delicacy, softness, and individual charm of the best miniature portraits. Good old daguerreotypes are treasured possessions in the homes of many families, and rightly so, for they combine a fine quality of art with a gentle personal appeal. Portraits by D. O. Hill, two. David Octavius Hill, born eighteen hundred two, died eighteen seventy was a scotch painter who conceived the idea of producing a great historical picture representing the disruption of the church of scotland this work involved painting some four or five hundred portraits and hill despairing of obtaining satisfactory sittings from so many persons turned to the newly discovered art of photography to furnish the portraits he needed with the idea of using the photographs as a guide in painting hill used the calotype process invented by fox talbot which rendered a piece of paper sensitive to light by coating it with the iodide of silver when it was exposed in the camera and developed a negative resulted and positive prints were made from this negative in the same medium hill became so much interested in photography that he worked with it for several years to the neglect of his painting during those years he produced photographic portraits which have certainly never been surpassed and which some people think have never been equalled the exposures necessary were very long four or five minutes in bright sunlight this fact lends a great deal of beauty to the results for there is no doubt that full sunlight gives effects that cannot be obtained in any other way and these may be of surpassing beauty provided the photographer is skilful enough to manage his apparatus and pose the sitter properly it is regrettable that so many photographers of the present day shun outdoor portraiture for there is unquestionably a great opportunity in that class of work the claim of some photographers that outdoor light is not satisfactory for portraiture is refuted by hill's results hill was not a great painter his works in that medium are well nigh forgotten but he was unquestionably a man of great sensitiveness who possessed the quality of psychic insight so necessary to a portrait worker it is the estimate of an authority that though he could never be compared with the great masters of portraiture rembrandt and velasquez nevertheless his works are entitled to a place in the second rank 
hill was especially fortunate in his sitters for the men and women that he photographed were persons whom it would be difficult to render commonplace in appearance among them being christopher north professor john wilson j g lockhart lady ruthven robert haldane william henning mrs anna brownell jameson and others of equal note in great britain the paper negatives made by hill are carefully preserved the writer is fortunate in the possession of prints from two of these negatives the reproduction shown herewith a gum platinum plate made and given to him by alvin langdon coburn is from one of them much of the beauty of this example of hill's work is due to modern printing methods but the quality in this negative brought out in the print proves undeniably that hill merits recognition as a master of portraiture astronomical photography three photography has made possible many discoveries of tremendous importance in the realm of astronomy by revealing the existence of stars too faint because of their small size or great distance to be seen by the eye this is one of the most conspicuous ways in which the sensitive plate has been an aid to the scientist a device for carrying a photographic plate is attached to a telescope and the plate exposed to the image projected by the telescope for a prolonged period this may in fact amount to several hours exposures are sometimes partly completed one night and finished the next a comparatively small area of the heavens being chosen for investigation at one time on development of the plate the stars are counted and compared with existing charts of the area in question of course this method requires that the telescope move with the same angular velocity as that of the earth's rotation so that the image of each star may remain in precisely the same position on the plate during the entire time of exposure otherwise the star would be represented as a trail of light the slightest variation in the speed of rotation being sufficient to cause blurring of the image it is apparent that the clockwork employed for driving the telescope must be a marvel of accuracy the power which this method possesses of revealing hitherto undiscovered stars depends on a curious fact if an observer looks into the eyepiece of a telescope he can discern only those heavenly bodies that send to the earth a certain minimum of light but when a photographic plate is exposed for long periods there is a cumulative effect of light on the sensitive emulsion that is the long continued impact of the light rays causes little by little a gradual change in the constitution of the sensitive silver salt the action thus piles up so to speak and records light that is far below the visible minimum the photographic plate has not only aided discoveries in the vast realms of interstellar space but has also revealed to us things so exceedingly minute that no other method of observation could bring them within the range of our perceptions by paul l anderson portrait by the bromoil process photography a bromoil print four 
in the bromoil process the first step is to make a bromide enlargement the negative from which a print is to be made is placed in an apparatus resembling the familiar stereopticon and an enlarged image is projected on a piece of bromide paper or paper that has been coated with an emulsion similar to that used for plates after the paper has been exposed to the image it is developed fixed and washed the result being a large positive print of the original small negative often this print is allowed to remain as it is and it is then known as a bromide enlargement or simply an enlargement sometimes the worker converts it into a bromoil the image in an enlargement consists of metallic silver in a film of gelatine the gradations of the picture resulting from the varying thicknesses of the silver image the first step towards changing this to a bromoil is to treat it with certain chemicals that bleach out the silver image and at the same time harden the gelatine in proportion to the amount of silver present the bleached print is then soaked in warm water and the highlights of the picture where the gelatine is least hardened absorb the water freely the half-tones less so and the shadows least of all an oily ink then dabbed on the print with a brush adheres freely in the shadows less freely in the half-tones and least of all in the lights being repelled by the water in the film the final result is a print in which the image is formed by varying thickness of ink which of course may be of any color the advantages of bromoil over bromide are numerous in the first place a bromide print cannot be regarded as absolutely permanent but a bromoil may be next the color of a bromide print is limited to black and varying shades of brown unless chemical toning is resorted to which still further reduces the stability of the image but a bromoil may be of almost any color and indeed of different colors in different portions of the picture the greatest advantage of the bromoil process however lies in the fact that as much or as little ink as may be desired can be put on any given area by varying the consistency of the ink it can be made to adhere more or less freely by modifying the brush action it can be placed on the print or omitted from it and can even at times be removed after being deposited on the paper it will be seen that the artist has complete control over the gradations and to some extent also over the outlines of the picture he can therefore make the process respond to his desire for artistic expression to an extent not possible with any other photographic printing medium even the superficial texture of the image being largely under the worker's control a variant of bromoil is the oil process though it would be more correct to put it the other way about the latter process being the older of the two a sheet of paper is coated with gelatine alone this being rendered sensitive to light by means of certain chemicals and then printed under a negative the effect is to render the gelatine hard in proportion to the amount of light action that is hardest in the shadows less so in the half-tones and least of all in the lights 
the print is then washed to remove the excess of sensitizer and soaked in warm water the subsequent operations are the same as in bromoil oil is superior to bromoil in being slightly easier to manipulate and in not requiring a dark room but it is inferior in that it demands either daylight or a powerful artificial light for printing furthermore a negative the size of the finished print is necessary whereas with bromoil large prints can be made from small negatives oil and bromoil have the drawback of not being very rapid to work three or four eleven by fourteen bromoils representing a good day's work for a careful manipulator but they are by far the most satisfactory of all photographic printing mediums when the desire is for artistic expression pictorial photography five the accompanying photograph entitled the lake winter illustrates admirably the use of the soft focus lens it is also of interest as showing the advantages sometimes to be gained from the intentional use of defects the normal human eye is unsurpassed for the purpose for which it is designed it is difficult to imagine an organ more perfect in this respect the eye automatically and almost instantaneously adjusts itself for near or distant objects and for varying intensities of light and has moreover a field of view of nearly one hundred eighty degrees almost a complete half-circle nevertheless it has two defects that tend to impair the accuracy of vision namely chromatic and spherical aberration chromatic aberration is the inability to focus simultaneously on two or more of the primary colors it is this defect in the eye that causes red letters to seem to stand out from a blue or green background a trick sometimes used in poster work spherical aberration is the inability to bring to a focus the rays of light that pass through the lens near the margins at the same time as those that pass through near the centre for these reasons and in lesser degree some others the eye cannot see sharp lines and a lens that gives sharp definition to the edges of objects produces results that are aesthetically unpleasing because foreign to our experience the soft focus lens of which there are numerous makes is so designed that it possesses the errors that are normal to the eye and therefore if the characteristic softness of definition is not overdone by a too enthusiastic worker gives results having an agreeable vagueness of outline at one time the qualities of this type of lens were overworked the results being so excessively diffused that as one writer said of a print it was impossible to tell whether it was a portrait of a lady or a water-spout in the gulf stream but for some years past the pendulum has been swinging the other way and photographers in general it must be understood that this refers only to artistic workers not scientists 
are now using the unconnected lens so as to secure as nearly as possible the quality characteristic of the normal eye with perhaps a slight exaggeration for the sake of suggestion and as a stimulus to the imagination motion picture photography six a phase of photography that has a very broad scope is motion picture work the mechanics of which depend on this fact if an object is looked at for a time and is suddenly removed from before the eye the eye continues to see it for an appreciable time after its removal this phenomenon is called persistence of vision a motion picture camera is so arranged that a long strip of film can be drawn past the lens in a series of jerks the shutter being opened to permit the image projected by the lens to fall on the film during the period that the latter is at rest the film is drawn on to the next position while the shutter is closed naturally an object moving before the lens will move slightly during the interval between exposures so the film when developed shows a consecutive series of photographs of the object in slightly different positions a positive print is made from this series of negatives on a similar strip of film this is projected by means of an apparatus something like the familiar magic lantern or stereopticon but so arranged that this film may be drawn along in jerks each photograph is shown for a fraction of a second and is replaced during the time that the shutter is closed by one showing a slightly later phase of the motion because of the persistence of vision the eye blends these successive photographs into one apparently continuous motion it will be seen that the term moving pictures is really a misnomer since the pictures on the screen do not move but remain perfectly stationary during the time that they are seen by taking the pictures rapidly and projecting them slowly the apparent motion may be slowed down so that a rifle bullet may take three or four minutes to travel across a screen space of as many feet by taking them at wide intervals and projecting rapidly the motion may be speeded up and a plant may seem to grow from a seedling to maturity in a few minutes the ordinary taking and projecting speed is sixteen pictures per second experiment having shown that this is the least number that the eye will blend satisfactorily since each picture is one inch wide by three-quarters of an inch high in the film it is evident that each second of time represents one foot of film the writer has seen a rather elaborately staged photoplay that required an hour and forty minutes for projection a simple calculation shows that this involved six thousand feet of positive film a little over a mile the length of the negative film was undoubtedly more on account of retags cuts and so on an expenditure of five or six hundred dollars for film however is but a small item in the cost of producing an elaborate photoplay for the actors receive large salaries though not so large as the press agents would have us believe and the cost of scenery is great 
the production of photoplays is nevertheless a profitable industry as may be understood from the fact that the average daily attendance in this country is estimated at about twelve million assuming that each spectator pays only ten cents this represents an intake of one million two hundred thousand dollars daily and as is well known the prices of admission in many theatres range from twenty-five cents up to one dollar and more the artistic possibilities of the motion picture play are obviously limited it can never hope to rise to the emotional heights of the legitimate drama but they are none the less considerable it is to be regretted that the motion picture industry is at present so much in the hands of producers who pander to the coarser instincts of the public through sensationalism and slapstick farce who are often indifferent to detail the writer has seen a cow-puncher represented as wearing his six-shooter butt foremost who treat the author's work according to their own ideas a well-known author remarked on seeing the screen version of one of her books if i hadn't been fairly familiar with the story i wouldn't have known what it was all about in general firms seem to be more concerned with getting the public's money than with producing really artistic results the writer once saw a photoplay version of a fairly well-known book in which the producer had changed an elderly grey-haired quiet experienced cattleman into a cheap imitation of a bret hart gambler of thirty years of age the purpose of this metamorphosis being to transform a noble and self-sacrificing affection into a piece of gaudy sensationalism such tactics cannot fail to displease thinking people but there are fortunately producers to whom these remarks do not apply really conscientious men of high ideals and signs are not wanting of an improvement in this regard the motion picture in worthy hands can be made an educational medium of great value not only in the dramatic art but in many other ways films frequently show scenes of historical interest life in foreign lands industries scientific subjects are treated such as the peristaltic movements of the intestines and the action of the heart photographed by means of the x-ray also the life cycle of microorganisms the microscope being used in this case and many other activities of life among the most interesting of these films are those produced by the williamson brothers showing sea life though mechanical difficulties have so far prevented the photographing of the most interesting phase of marine life that of the extreme depths the story of photography by paul l anderson numerous investigators daguerre niepce fox talbot and others have been credited with the discovery of photography but the fact seems to be that these and many more merely contributed each in his turn some portion of the total that goes to make up the art as it now stands photography means literally light writing the name being derived from two greek words phos light and graphing to write the practice of photography depends primarily on the fact 
that certain chemical compounds are changed into other compounds by the action of light another fact is closely allied with this namely that a suitably constructed lens of glass or other transparent material or a fine needle hole used instead of a lens will project the image of objects placed in front of it a camera then consists of a light tight box having at one end an arrangement for holding a lens or a card with a needle hole in it and at the other end a device for holding some light sensitive chemical to receive the image projected by the lens in modern practice this light sensitive chemical is almost always bromide of silver or a mixture of the bromide with other silver compounds these chemicals being held in an emulsion of gelatine when the gelatine emulsion is coated in a thin film on a sheet of glass the result is known as a dry plate or simply a plate when it is coated on a strip of celluloid wound on rollers so that successive portions may be exposed to light it is called a roll film and when it is coated on separate sheets of celluloid arranged like a pad to be exposed successively it is called a film pack a similar emulsion coated on paper gives bromide or gaslight paper which as will be seen later is used for making prints at one time wet collodion plates were generally used a sheet of glass being coated with collodion and sensitized by bathing it with iodide of silver the exposure was made before the plate dried but these plates were inconvenient to handle and have been almost entirely superseded by the gelatine dry plate the prepared plate of whatever type it may be is placed in the camera and exposed for a longer or shorter time depending on circumstances to the light projected by the lens but no image is visible after exposure unless indeed the exposure has been tremendously excessive and the plate must be developed there are about fifty different reducing agents on the market most of them are derived from coal tar though some are made from nut galls lichens and other substances the developer consists of a solution in water of one or more of these reducing agents with other chemicals to control the action the exposed plate being bathed in this solution either in the dark or in a light to which the plate is not sensitive wherever light has acted on the silver salts the developer causes metallic silver to be deposited in proportion to the amount of light action so that on holding the developed plate up to the light a dense deposit is seen in those parts representing the brightest portions of the subject while the shadows of the original are represented by thin areas and the half-tones by deposits of intermediate density for this reason the developed plate is called a negative the plate is then bathed in a solution of sodium thiosulfate generally called hypo which dissolves the unaffected silver salt but does not affect the metallic silver or at least does so only very slowly next the plate is washed in water to remove all unnecessary chemicals and is dried 
the ordinary plate is sensitive only to ultraviolet invisible and violet light so it cannot render truthfully any subject having color but by the addition of certain aniline dyes to the emulsion it may be rendered sensitive to green in addition to violet and ultraviolet it is then described as orthochromatic right colored or isochromatic equally colored still other dyes extend the sensitiveness to include not only ultraviolet but also the entire visible spectrum such a plate is called panchromatic all colored printing the photograph the finished negative when dry must of course be printed and there are many printing mediums available the carbon process gives an image in lamp black or some earth pigment bound up in a film of gelatine the gum pigment process gives an image similar to that of carbon the binder in this case being gum arabic the platinum process gives an image of black metallic platinum direct on the paper support other processes give different effects one of the most valuable to the pictorial worker being gum platinum in which a completed platinum print is coated with a gum pigment film and printed under the negative a second time the final result being a gum pigment image superimposed on the platinum image of all printing mediums the one that has the most intrinsic beauty and is at the same time most capable of rendering satisfactorily the gradations of the negative is probably platinum so this is most used by pictorial workers but since it is expensive and requires daylight or strong artificial light for printing nearly all commercial workers prefer the somewhat less beautiful and less permanent but more convenient gaslight paper so-called because it can be manipulated entirely by gaslight neither daylight nor dark room being required this medium consists of paper that has been coated with an emulsion somewhat similar to that used for plates but requiring much longer exposure the negative is placed in an appliance that holds it in close contact with the paper then a sheet of paper is put in and an exposure of a few seconds is given obviously the paper receives most light under the thin parts of the negative and less under the denser portions so that when the print is developed fixed washed and dried the resulting picture is light the resulting picture is light where the original subject was light dark where that was dark and show intermediate gradations where these existed in the original for purposes of reproduction two processes depending on photography have almost entirely superseded the older methods of etching and wood engraving these photomechanical processes as they are called are far more rapid and much cheaper and are in addition more accurate in photogravure the photographic image copied by photographing the original is transferred to a copper plate and the plate is automatically etched in an acid bath to varying depths depending on the depth of shadow in the original this plate is then inked all over the ink being worked into the depressions in the copper and the surface ink wiped off a sheet of paper is brought into contact with the plate under heavy pressure 
and after being forced into the hollows of the copper and taking up the ink from them a print results in the less beautiful but cheaper and more rapid half-tone process the copy is made through a cross-ruled glass screen the image being thus broken up into a series of dots the image so obtained is transferred to a zinc plate which is etched in an acid bath or with an acid spray the dots serve to protect the zinc from the action of the acid the finished plate shows an image consisting of dots with hollows between them the dots being large and near together in the shadows small and far apart in the lights this plate is inked with a roller and a sheet of paper lightly pressed against it takes up the ink to form a print thus it will be seen that photogravure is an intaglio cut-in process and half-tone a surface printing process photographic illustrations photography has not only superseded manual processes for reproduction but has also largely replaced them for purposes of illustration practically all news illustrations are now made by photography which is also extensively used for advertising work to a less extent it is employed for fiction illustration admirable work having been done in this field by clarence h white carl strauss and legeron ehiller it does not however seem probable that photography will ever entirely replace draughtsmanship for the illustration of fiction since the very strength of the camera that is its surpassing power of rendering accurately the outlines and gradations of natural objects operates as a severe limitation in the case of original imaginative work it is difficult to conceive of the fall of the house of usher or the rhyme of the ancient mariner being satisfactorily illustrated by photography and if for instance la mort d'arthur were made a photographic subject the cost of models costumes and scenery would probably be excessive despite the limitations of the camera as regards imaginative work there is a small but devoted band of photographers who use the camera as a means of artistic expression and these men and women have produced some wonderfully fine results that fulfil the definition of art a means of arousing an emotion in the spectator in the last analysis however it will be found that such results are due to one or two methods of approach either the careful selection of an unusual natural effect or the use of one of the so-called control processes that is printing mediums that allow the worker to modify at will either the outlines or the gradations of the negative or both in the former case however the photographer cannot be regarded as more than an exceptionally sensitive and perceptive craftsman and in the latter instance the camera user of course ceases to be a photographer and becomes a creative artist using photography merely as a basis on which to construct an imaginative result the possibilities of this second method of work have not yet been fully explored they appear to be limitless the precision of photography the literalness of photography which prevents it ever competing with etching or painting in imaginative art 
makes it of inestimable value in certain realms and scientists of all sorts astronomers physicists physicians pathologists as well as architects building contractors businessmen who wish a precise and accurate record of any object recognize the value of the camera photographs are often admitted as legal evidence in court it is impossible to overstate the value of the dry plate to the surgeon since the x-ray generated by passing an electric discharge through a glass tube from which most of the air has been exhausted penetrates many objects that are opaque to ordinary light and though invisible to the eye nevertheless affect a photographic plate thus making possible a precise diagnosis of fractured bones gunshot wounds digestive disturbances and many other pathological conditions in which diagnosis without a radiograph would be mere guesswork in portraiture photography is superior to any other graphic art since the camera worker can by judicious selection of lighting pose and facial expression render the character of the sitter quite as well as the draughtsman this being the final test in portrait work though it must be admitted that few portrait photographers meet this requirement microphotography the human eye and mind are from a mechanical point of view but imperfect instruments admirably as they serve the purpose for which they are designed it is nevertheless impossible for them to observe with absolute accuracy the camera however has no such limitations its observations are accurate and its records unquestionable so long as no definite effort is made to impair their exactness for this reason photography is used not only in astronomy but in many other branches of science among its most important uses being the making of records of microscopic objects a device carrying a photographic plate is attached to the eyepiece of a microscope the plate being exposed affords on development a precise record of the subject under observation it may be noted that in this case as in astronomical photography no camera lens is required the microscope like the telescope projects an aerial image which is impressed on the plate it thus becomes possible for the microscopist to study at leisure a photograph of the object that was in the field of the microscope and thereby eliminate eye strain and minimize the likelihood of overlooking any feature of interest it is further possible to make lantern slides from the negatives so obtained a lecturer by this means is enabled to show the photograph to a large group of individuals simultaneously though the photographic plate thus extends the usefulness of the microscope this is not the limit of its value in this respect light is transmitted by waves similar in some ways to waves in water the light waves being disturbances of the light-bearing ether an invisible imponderable substance of zero density and infinite elasticity which pervades all matter it must be understood that the ether has never been observed nor its actual existence proven it is however a necessary assumption for the satisfactory explanation of the observed phenomena of light so far as our present knowledge extends 
the distance from the crest of one wave to the crest of the next is known as the wavelength the lengths of the various light waves having actually been measured the human eye is sensitive only to waves between about four ten thousandths and seven ten thousandths of a millimeter in length a millimeter being about one twenty-fifth of an inch and an object is invisible in the microscope if its diameter is less than half the wavelength of the light by which it is illuminated since in that case the light waves bend around the object and meet on the other side we cannot therefore see objects whose diameter is less than about two ten thousandths of a millimeter but the photographic plate is sensitive to shorter waves than the eye these waves are known as the ultraviolet by illuminating the microscope stage with ultraviolet light it therefore becomes possible to photograph objects so small that they must forever remain invisible to the naked eye unless indeed the progress of human evolution brings with it increased sensitiveness to the shorter wavelengths in this connection it is interesting to note that there are organisms so small that they cannot be made apparent to us even by photography though we are made aware of their existence by inductive reasoning from their observed effects in the case of some objects a fuller knowledge of their character is gained if they are examined in a manner somewhat different from that usually adopted one of the photographs given herewith shows the effect obtained by what is known as dark ground illumination ordinarily the light by which a microscopic object is examined passes through the slide so that an opaque object is really seen only as a silhouette but in dark ground illumination an opaque background is placed behind the object and the light is allowed to fall on it from the sides the object is thus made visible by the light that is refracted, that is, bent, into the lens of the microscope. In the present instance, the effect seen by looking into the eyepiece was wonderfully beautiful, the crystals glowing with a brilliant yellow light against an intensely black ground. Radiography some persons object to the inclusion of radiography as a branch of photography since no camera or lens is used but photography means literally light writing and radiography is precisely this if the air be nearly exhausted from a glass tube so that a high vacuum exists therein and it be then sealed up a current of electricity may be sent through the remaining air setting up ether vibrations that pass out from the tube these ether waves have the power of passing through many substances that are opaque to visible light the x-rays as they are termed being totally invisible though light waves to which the eye is sensitive are set up at the same time within the tube many persons confuse the greenish light from an x-ray tube with the x-rays but the two are actually entirely different manifestations the x-rays though invisible to the eye are nevertheless able to affect a photographic plate strongly so that photographs may be made through solid objects for example 
if a sensitive plate be laid on a table and the arm or the hand placed on it and an x-ray tube is brought near the arm a photograph results in which the bone is represented as a dark area and the flesh around it as lighter this being of course simply a shadow picture this affords an intensely valuable aid to diagnosis and a good surgeon will if possible first radiograph a fractured bone before setting it unless the circumstances are very exceptional the value of radiography is not however confined to fractures but extends to wounds it is of great help in locating metallic fragments or other foreign bodies in a wound to many intestinal disorders and to the diagnosis of other diseased conditions though not strictly bearing on photography it is interesting to note that the x-rays like the gamma rays y rays of radium are in reality ether vibrations of very short wavelength and like the shorter waves the ultraviolet in sunlight possess curative powers in some skin disorders and also the power of causing terrible burns sunburn does not result from exposure either to visible sunlight or to the heat of the sun but to the ultraviolet rays and an x-ray burn is identical with sunburn in extreme cases the x-rays may cause complete destruction of the skin and even cancer and before the properties of the x-rays were so well known as at present many operators lost hands and some their lives as a result of excessive exposure to the rays at present x-ray workers shield themselves and when necessary the patient with lead screens that metal being practically opaque to the rays color photography many workers have tried with varying success to devise a means whereby photography could be made to reproduce not only the outlines and gradations of natural objects but the colors as well and there is now available a method of great worth for this purpose in brief it consists in making by one exposure in an ordinary camera a set of three color negatives each of which represents that portion of one of the primary colors violet green and red which was reflected from the subject that is one negative represents the violet sensation the second the green and the third the red prints are made from these negatives in suitable dyes on transparent films which are cemented together one over the other thus giving a true color photograph in which the secondary and tertiary colors blue yellow orange purple brown etc are obtained as in painting by the mixture in proper proportions of two or more of the primaries this is the first method of color photography to possess the great advantage of producing prints not transparencies so that any number of duplicates may be made no special camera is required and the process is within the reach of any careful amateur the writer believes the artistic value of color photography is relatively slight a black-and-white art is capable of the fullest intellectual expression and color is merely sensuous in its appeal after much experiment with different color processes he finds his own monochrome 
single-tone prints more satisfying than the color work however the value of color to the scientific worker is incalculable as will be realized at once on considering only one of the possible applications namely the study of skin affections it is interesting to note that several methods have been devised for the reproduction of natural colors in motion picture work the familiar method of coloring the positive film by hand being only an approximation to truth but none of those presented up to this time is fully satisfactory though the prospects of future development are good when we consider the manifold and widespread uses of photography and the pleasurable diversion that it affords it seems safe to say that there is no other form of industry not an actual necessity that is of such importance to the welfare and happiness of the human race what who and when what is photography it is the science and art of producing pictures by the action of light on chemically prepared sensitized plates or films who discovered photography no one particular individual there is no known date on which photographic action was first recorded the action of the sun in making impressions of one sort or another on surfaces was known to man from the earliest times records of it can be seen in fossilized vegetable remains and this action of the sun is apparent in the change of color that takes place in the ripening of fruits and foliage who first applied a sensitized plate to the purpose of making photographic prints no single individual discovered this essential principle of photography it came to be recognized in the course of many experiences beginning with the alchemists and developing through the experiments of a number of investigators until the end of the eighteenth century when the sensitiveness of various silver compounds to light became well known and the character of the change produced on these compounds by light became established thomas wedgwood the fourth son of josiah wedgwood the renowned potter developed a process by means of which the image printed by photographic means could be fixed and made permanent what instrument brought the photographic process to a perfected form the camera the camera is the photographic apparatus in which the image is projected upon the sensitized plate thus securing a photographic impression the word camera is italian for room and the full name of the original instrument camera obscura means dark room who invented the camera giovanni battista della porta who lived in the sixteenth century has often been stated to have invented the camera but he appears only to have popularized and improved it the first use of cameras was not for printing photographs but simply as an interesting toy or to assist one in tracing the outlines of various objects there are many applications of the camera obscura a notable one being the periscope of a submarine it was not until a suitable sensitive plate was discovered that the camera became useful as an apparatus of photography 
who were most prominently identified with the development of the photographic process joseph niepce and louis j m daguerre niepce was successful not only in getting pictures produced in the camera but he succeeded in fixing them permanently daguerre developed a process known as daguerreotype which was the first method of photography available for practical purposes this was in eighteen thirty seven with the general acceptance of daguerreotypes photography became a profession the process had no rival until about 1851, when the collodion process was discovered, and after that the daguerreotype process became obsolete. Who developed the modern process of photography? William Henry Fox Talbot, an English inventor, 1800 to 1877. He greatly increased the sensitiveness of paper, and from his negatives prints were produced in much the same way as in the present day. End of chapter 7